Hello and welcome. My name is Josh Singh. I'm your host of the Racial Healing Podcast. Welcome. I'm really glad you're here. I started this podcast because I had to do something. I struggled for a long time to figure out what to do about racism. I've always been an ally. I've done my own work around overcoming my own pain and trauma around racism. And I've always known that that is not really enough. So I started this podcast for people to share their stories, to be heard, and for you, the listener, to witness those stories. And my hope is that we can all heal our hearts and our souls from listening and being part of this podcast together. So thank you for being here. Please consider subscribing, and I hope you enjoyed today's interview. So I think you're officially the the, per, the person who's officially come from farthest away to do this. Uh, thank you. <laughs> three and a half hours? Three hours? Three, three hours. Three hours. Not bad. How was the traffic? Not bad. Yeah. It's the middle of the day. Nothing. No. I mean, there was people, but just normal Chicago, I think. And uh, the podcast is not the only thing that brought you to Chicago. No. Right? No, it's my boyfriend's uh, 45th birthday. Wow. <laughs> Last week, and so I have a big surprise weekend planned, and he doesn't know anything yet. He recently figured out that we were coming here for the weekend, but there's other things planned as well. What? And he's in the room right now. You're yes. sort of looking at him a little bit, and I'm looking at him now, too. Um <laughs> He, he doesn't have a microphone. He, Eric, does not have a microphone, no. so he's not going to get the privilege of speaking on this <laughs> podcast today. Uh, no, he, no. Has it been hard to keep everything quiet? Um, I'm actually more surprised that all the people I've told uh. have also <laughs> kept it quiet. Yes. Um, so I had people to talk to about it um, and friends that were involved, but... Um, I've just been pretty impressed that everyone has helped me keep a secret, which is That's I'm not, very impressive. Yeah, I'm not very good at keeping secrets, so yes. I, uh, I the only thing like this is someone my wife Thara threw a thirtieth birthday party for me, surprise party. And I found out about it I think it in three different ways. Oh no. <laughs> See, that's so it was hard to pretend like I was surprised when I got there. I have never done anything like this before, and he actually just threw me a surprise party for my birthday oh my. last month. And so we were kind of planning them simultaneously, but I, neither one of us knew. But the people that we were talking to both knew that we were both planning something. Wow, that's a lot to hold. Yeah. So I think the friends have been more excited. Uh. They can stop keeping their <laughs> yes. own secrets. Like, oh, I can breathe. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about his um and yes he's only figured out a couple well one thing he figured out that we were coming here that's it ah got it so so you agreed to do this podcast too yeah this is my first podcast also first podcast first podcast maiden voyage (laughs) oh what made you say yes to this um i think one is that i think the topic is really interesting and i enjoy speaking with you um in general so i thought that there may be a nice way to ease into um having a conversation like this for other people do you do you talk about race very often i feel like i talk about gender more than race Mm. um i don't and i mean there's a lot of factors that go into this but i feel like race sort of falls to the background of my brain of my thought process um, I forget that it's an issue for people looking at me mm. often. So I don't know that I talk about it that much. Um, but g- gender, I think I talk about more. 
And you're more, it sounds like you're more aware of how you're seen as a woman than I, as a what? Uh, yeah, as a brown person. As a brown yeah, person. As a brown person, uh-huh. yeah. I absolutely, like I am de- definitely more self-conscious or um, thought-provoked about um, interactions with other people um, in terms of my gender and mm-hmm. how that may or may not relate to um, an experience or a conversation. Yeah. Um, then I, I honestly forget about the fact that I'm, often the only brown person in a room Hmm. can you give me an example of uh, a time that you're aware of your gender um at work a lot Hmm. um i so i'm a dentist and i have other sometimes patients will be like oh we only want to see a male dentist or Hmm. situations like that and i happen to currently work in a place where out of the seven dentists that are there um, two are men. So we have a situation like often like, like there's a lot of women here mm-hmm. to choose from, but, um, things like that. Uh, I think, um, more recently, um, sometimes I feel like if I'm in a conversation, conversation where I'm trying to speak up or speak my mind or, um, be my normal opinionated self. Uh, sometimes I feel like if there's a lot of men around that I don't get to have that moment mm. to speak as in there's not space for you right yeah right um and i don't ever feel like that's race related mm. i feel like that's just maybe it's just personality related i don't know but i usually my brain defaults to mm-hmm. gender issues mm-hmm. sure is there a correlation between skill as a dentist and gender <laughs> um, I, I had a professor tell me once that women are better oral surgeons than men ah. because, uh, and these are so many stereotypes, but that men's, uh, their men have a tendency to brute force something out and be like, I am going to get this out, you know, any way I can. And women are better at like, you know, the delicate finesse and trying to urge it out. So, um, but I, I think probably just having smaller hands would be a benefit regardless of your gender got it so i am having a tooth pulled next month are you really i can do it for <laughs> you, you look so happy about that <laughs> why are you so happy about that i'm just in, i'm intrigued i'm professionally intrigued <laughs> we'll share it off camera i'll share it off camera it's, yeah so yeah yeah so um talking with me you thought it would be good to you know a, a good a good place to sort of explore race for people who might want to listen yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I I tend to get kind of nervous um, speaking in front of people, uh-huh. uh, stage Friday, but like you're a very comfortable person for me. So. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, tell us about how you identify in terms of race. Uh, that is, I, I have struggled with that my whole life. So, um, I'm 100% Indian. Um, I was born in Iran. Uh, so some people have identified me as Persian or Iranian, and I don't want to deny that, but I have nothing to do with it. Mm. I can't claim it at all. We lived there for a year and a half. I know nothing about it. Um, but then again, I really don't know much about being an Indian person either. Mm. Um, so if questioned, I identify I, as an Indian person, uh, but I was raised in a medium-sized Midwest town, uh, what, 400,000 maybe people. And um, usually most of the brown people that people see are not Indian, Um, more Hispanic. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of people growing up confused me for Hispanic. And they would, you know, 
speak to me in Spanish. And I'm like, I don't speak Spanish. I'm sorry. And then they would get mad at me for not speaking Spanish. And I'm like, hold on. Like, first of all, no one in my house speaks Spanish. So that's not the language you're looking for. And second of all, I don't speak Punjabi either. So if you want to make fun of me for something, make fun of me for that. Uh Um, So I like for a long time, it was, it was either people looking at me that I was Hispanic or they didn't know what I was. It Mm -hmm. was just, what are you? Mm. I'm a human being, but what? And people would ask you that. Oh, all the time. What yeah, are you? What are you? Yeah, what are you? Yeah. Like, I'm, I, don't, I don't know how to answer that question. Yeah. So, and I think even for myself, even though I had experiences with trying to fit in, in terms of am I Indian enough for my Indian family or am I white enough for my Midwestern friends and surroundings, and having like a foot in both of those worlds, even though I was knowledgeable and aware of that, it was it wasn't until I was in college before I had like this realization that like I had to come to terms with the fact I'm not white. Hmm. And I I could look at my parents and like no but I was like I think I tried to assimilate for so long that it was much later that I was more came to terms with being like Indian mm-hmm. and American. What do you think led you to want to assimilate? I, um, that's... Well, you said there weren't a lot of Indian people around. I just wanted to be like the people around me. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because I'm an only child and I had like n- like nothing, you know, but just wanted to be like my friends. I don't know. But I was just surrounded by white people and I wanted to be like the people I was around. But that extends beyond just race. Like I wanted to be able to watch MTV when I couldn't, like I wanted to be able to shop at the mall where my parents didn't like want, you know, it was like, there was maybe that's related to more culture of like um, mm-hmm. my family, like wanting to n- not eat at McDonald's or whatever. But I, um, but then even when we started to hang out with other Indian families, there was a class um, differential mm-hmm. um, where like the most, the other Indian families that we were around were, um, I guess equally well to do, but a little bit more um, showy about clothing. They were showier than your family. Right. And so like, I felt um, like I didn't fit into their world from a class standard. And then I didn't fit into my other world from a race standard. And I, so it was a little bit of like, I spent most of my childhood trying to figure out who I, where I, Mm. where I belonged. Right. But then I would go visit my family in India, and I didn't belong there either. And so mm. it's like, uh, where do I? Am I? How did you not fit in with the white kids? Like, was was were were you referenced as being different in some way? Or I had a lot of like my neighbor kids that would bring it up. <laughs> one of my um, one of the neighbors I grew up with, he I don't I mean this is like highlights his ignorance and geography. But every time my mom would call for me, like if we were playing out in the street, their yard or whatever, but my mom would call for me for it was time to come in he would make some weird accented voice and tell me that my mom was calling from Budapest. And I'm like, but that's not even, that's not India. That's a whole different place. So, um, that's Hungary, right? (laughs) Budapest is in Hungary. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So like, I'm not Hungarian and I think he just picked a place that was elsewhere. Just foreign. Just foreign. Yes. You're not from here. Your mom is calling. The message is you're not from here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was difficult for me even taking my lunch to school because my parents, Parents were very big on homemade food all the time. We never went out to eat. Um, everything was homemade all the time. And so my I had lunches from home, and it was always Indian food. And hmm. so it's like you're in third or fourth or fifth grade, and you're trying, like everyone is like eating like peanut butter sandwiches 
when you could have peanut butter in schools or like or or a square random uh-huh. pizza that tasted mm-hmm. like cardboard and I'm sitting here with this like home cooked Indian meal with like mm-hmm. all these spices and scents and things and it was just like ostracizing kind of yeah was there a embarrassment around that or shame that you felt about I, I was definitely embarrassed but I remember just longing to not be different to like want mm. The basic, like I wanted taco night and I wanted spaghetti night mm. and I wanted to, like I remember going to McDonald's and not knowing what they served. Like I wanted to be able to go and have all the things I don't have, I don't want that now. Like I have come <laughs> full circle all the way back around. <laughs> but when I was young, like that's all I wanted was that uh, I had, I guess I had idealized the normalcy of like the mainstream culture around me. And so like mm. I, I, that's all I wanted. Mm-hmm. But clothing, it applied to clothing. Um, I had gone to my cousin's wedding in India when I was in seventh or eighth grade, and um, I came back with Mindy like all over my hands, mm. and like there was kids in my which is super fun, super fun, yeah. and it was like absolutely well, I loved it. it was beautiful. Like it was like this thing. Like I went to my parents. Like I go to you know we go to when we go. I really want Mindy. I want this to happen, and uh, I came home because it lasts for you know however many weeks. And um, someone told me it looked like I had uh, like a disease on my hands. Mm. And like, and then three or four years later, it was like in the magazines, like everyone was doing like colored Mandy or whatever. Like it became like cool. And I'm like, yeah, you guys, like, this is not just me. Like, I didn't invent this. Like, this is the thing like that other people do. Um, so uh, that was, I remember just being like that guy, yeah, like you said, like the messages, like you're not from here. You don't belong. Like, mm-hmm. this is like, you're different. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I don't know if I internalize that or if i sought out that normalcy myself um but it was i had a cognitive sense all the time of i want to be like my peers yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and you said in in college you had something shifted for you yeah i'm for the longest time i wouldn't eat indian food i wouldn't i didn't want to dress in indian clothes I like I didn't I never learned to speak Hindi or Punjabi like that was I was something like I actively rejected even though my parents tried to teach me um and so then I went to University of Iowa for college and at the time like wearing Indian clothes was super popular and Mm. everyone had the skirts and like bangles and like it was everyone was like burning like nag champa incense and it was like a thing that everyone did everyone and when you say everyone oh um, Indians and non-Indians I don't, I don't, I didn't hang out with Indians. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So like my, like my friend circles were white, like all, all the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, I, I mean, I was regularly the only brown person in the room. Mm. So it was, um, so wow. Oh, your white friends are doing my, this Indian stuff. Right, exactly. And I'm the Indian person. They're turning to me mm-hmm. and wanting me to explain like the Indian menu to them. And I'm like, I don't, do we have to go here? Like, can mm-hmm. we go get a burger mm-hmm. or something? I want to eat something else. And so then I took a lot of like um, like gender and race mm-hmm. classes, uh, and we, we you know like that overlapped a lot of the mm. topics. And I don't remember the exact realization, but I remember having this moment of like I'm not white, like I am not rejecting one or the other, but like I am Indian, like that's who I am, and having to like come to terms and almost like having to come out to myself about like this part of my personality that was very real um i don't think it changed much in my daily behavior Mm -hmm. um but it was something that i had to come to terms with what did that look like the coming to terms with 
being Indian? It was an, I hear it's internal. It was an internal thing. Yeah, definitely internal. Um, I mean, I don't think it looked, I don't like anything different. I don't think anyone else would have known what I was going through. I didn't change the way I did my hair, the way I dressed or anything like that. Um, I think I maybe had more understanding from my parents of like what they've gone through or what Mm -hmm. they've, you know, like their histories. But I I, I think it was just something like more of like a cognitive struggle for me. But, um, Mm -hmm. Did it change who you wanted to spend time with? Like your friend group? Did you want to be around Indian people more? More internal? Yeah, I don't think I ever had a not wanting to. I think that... Hmm. I don't know. That's a hard question because I think that I just... For me, it was... I I gravitated to people who I felt more intellectually connected with. Not that I don't feel intellectually connected to Indian people as a whole, but it was in terms of like what kind of music am I listening to or what are we doing in our spare time mm-hmm. or like, you know, I've always been really big into like concerts and music. So it's like I'm hanging out with people who are going to those things. Mm-hmm. I think that it had there been Indian people in those surroundings, I wouldn't have steered away from that mm-hmm. or, or necessarily gravitated towards it on purpose. It would have just been another person in my midst, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. But it's weird because I had such this, this realization and this coming to terms with how I saw myself, I often forget that other people don't have to come to that realization. Like they see me as brown first and a person second. And that I, I forget that that occurs. Um, I recently had a situation where um, one of my dental assistants was uh, having a sort of a difficult time with me, like an authority and um, sort of second guessing my leadership role in um, at work, and I was discussing it with some other dentists because at the time I was newer to the profession and I was trying to get some feedback on how to control or the situation, how to handle the situation. And one of the other dentists was like, well, maybe she's got a problem working for uh, an Indian dentist. And I was like, never even occurred to me, had not ever crossed my mind that her issue with me might have been race and honestly it wasn't even like a gender thing like i i don't i just thought it was more of an age maturity thing like Hmm. she's a you know early like late teens early 20s person that may or may not have a hard time dealing with authority in general um but it was i i was definitely caught off guard at the fact that my colleague's first reaction was that she had a problem with taking direction from me because i'm brown and she was not Hmm. did that impact how you went about uh, managing the employee no i because i i have no way to confirm or deny that and even if that was the case that belongs to her i'm mm-hmm. not going to take responsibility for her opinion towards that i can't change it mm-hmm. i'm not i'm still gonna be brown no matter what you think mm-hmm. so i didn't i i i it couldn't have changed anything about how i dealt with it you know like this was it was a it was a purely clinical professional situation mm-hmm. that I dealt with on that level alone. So, I mean, you mentioned earlier, um, feeling like you weren't Indian enough. What is that? So, uh, well, being a child of the eighties and fully loving eighties culture, um, <laughs> I would go back to India once a year to see my family and be dressing in my mall bangs and my, hot pink like fuchsia square hoop earrings and like 
all 80s gear and I would land in India in Indian culture in a very conservative family and my family just treated me like I was an alien from another country which in their defense I was like I was very alien to their society and their culture and what they knew everything that I was raised as um, normal quote-unquote about American culture independence of thought um, an ability to speak your mind or speak up um, or say no things like that were not common to my family in India that's not things that kids did Um, I I don't know if all Indian families have this or not, but there was definitely a, a, a habit in my family that um, when we would all gather like in the living room and we're sitting around talking like the females in the group would retire to the kitchen and gather the the snacks or the drinks or whatever and walk around the room um, delivering those to people, serving people, and people would very politely take a little spoonful of a snack or take a drink or something and carry on their conversation. But the women weren't part of that like the, it was the men having the conversations and the women's doing the servings and I never participated in the serving part like I would sit with the men and talk and you know the same thing you know we would just we would sit around and at the dining room table like well after dinner was finished and it was always the men sitting around talking and the women were elsewhere but that actually um, corresponded going back to like the um, Indian culture in in America like the where I was where I was raised the Indian like parties that we would go to they would separate that way as well like the men would all be in one room and the women would be in another room and I would always gravitate towards the men's conversation it was usually something medical in nature or professional and I gravitated towards that from an intellectual perspective more than um, some of the other conversations would be more about like raising children or you know like other um, mm. not non-professional more right? domestic more domestic life, yeah. right exactly mm-hmm. so I didn't have anything to contribute to that so from an intellectual perspective I found myself always sitting with my dad and like the men's room mm-hmm. so um, but I to go back I never really felt like I was Indian enough because I never felt like I was aware of the proper customs of the way people did things when mm-hmm. I visited my family in India like I didn't know when I meet an elder, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, how do I greet right. you? Like, how would I call you? Like, I don't even know, like, what, do, I, I can't properly pronounce all the different labels of my family members. I, like, you know, I, so I can't just call you all uncle and auntie because that's not proper either. Like, I don't really know, like, what names to call you. I don't know how to, like, physically, do I shake your hand? Do I hug you? Like, do I touch your feet? Like, I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure. So I just felt, my, felt myself being awkward a lot, you know? Um, and then I had a cousin who would grill me all the time on every single time I saw him. He would just like corner me and grill me on like, why are you in America? Why is America better than India? Like, why aren't you here with your family? I'm like, dude, I'm eight. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't have an answer for you, but I am where my parents put me. Like, I'm not in charge of this decision. Like, I live where they, my parents are. That's it. But it was just... That's, that's a pretty young <laughs> age to be held to those, held to account in those ways. Yeah, I thought so too. But he mm-hmm. didn't have a problem with it. And uh, as we grew up, he tried to recant a little bit and claim that his questions were more inquisitive as opposed to interrogative, I but I felt it differently <laughs> at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just feel like when I was there, I didn't know how to be Indian. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to be part of the family. And then I would sort of like harbor that guilt. And then I would come back to America and I felt like I didn't know how to be American. 
and I felt like I was sort of like one foot in both cultures mm. all the time mm. or not in in neither mm. in neither really yeah. you were you didn't know how to do all the the Indian customs right. and also weren't eating McDonald's right yeah or watching MTV or watching MTV <laughs> or having sleepovers mm. or doing the things that my friends families sure. consider were normal things to do yeah. so. when's the last time you were in India oh my goodness my son is 11 almost 12 and the last time I went he was a year and a half old so hmm. it's been a decade so you took your son yes I took my son at a year and a half old my daughter's never been she's eight um, and she really wants to go. She does. She wants to go so bad. And oh it, my. when I was a kid and I was refusing to learn like Punjabi, like everyone always told me like, oh, your children are going to want this little skip a generation. And they were totally right. My daughter, she loves Indian clothes. She wants to, um, you know, wear Indian shoes. Uh, my son had to, um, he was in a, a digital literacy class and they had, they, they were practicing looking things up online and stuff like that. And uh, it was a recipe project where they were supposed to look up a recipe and then they would turn in the teacher and turn it into their teacher and their teacher would choose one and make it so he found a recipe for a glob jamun and he wanted mm, and that's the one he turned so in. good <laughs> so good uh-huh. but i uh i i, I he, no one told him to do that like that was his own idea like i it's i love that they have adopted that and they are they feel much more comfortable with having a foot in both where i mm-hmm. guess like yeah, i was saying like i was in neither they're very happy to um have a melded perspective on being like an American and having Indian um, culture in their history as well. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. But I think I, I, I had a lot more fear or apprehension, maybe anxiety than when it came sure. along with it. Um, uh, I don't know if it's guilt or not feeling like I was enough, but they don't have any of that to them. It's just, this is, these are really cool clothes and this is really good food and I can like mm-hmm. it. They, 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 you didn't say anything about them like having the pressure to know exactly what they were doing right. that, that you were subject to. Right. And I think that I have not placed that upon them. Mm-hmm. So they don't feel that obviously from that perspective, but um, I do feel a little guilty that they don't have a relationship with their family. Um, like I said, I'm an only child, so I don't have any siblings to share this with my children but like i come from a huge family and so they don't they don't really know all of my cousins children or my aunts and uncles or any of my extended family they don't have any of that relationship i've never had that either and they don't have it either um, well, we shouldn't say they don't have any well not any <laughs> that's true sorry they don't have any but they for, for the record <laughs> manisha's dad I don't think I introduced this oh, woman. This is Manisha Verdi. Hi, we did that. <laughs> uh, Manisha's dad and my dad are cousins. Yes. Yes. And honestly, even there, I don't even know what the relationship. I mean, we we say cousins, but I think that they're they're first cousins. They're first cousins. So that makes us set. That makes us cousins. Yeah, exactly. Exactly <laughs> cousins. Yeah, I've never known how that all uh-huh. like. Er- well, there on the Indian side, we 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 brother and sister. Right. Yeah, or cousin, like, cousin brothers, cousin brothers, cousin yeah. sis, brother but, and sister. I don't know. Exactly, and see that mm-hmm. even that like confusion. Right. I have a hard enough time trying to figure out first and second cousins once removed or whatever the delineation of that is, and then you add like another cultural terminology into it, and it gets into a whole new thing. But so no, no, you're right. Mm-hmm. They do have some relationship, and they have um, certain. But even we don't see each other all that often. Right. And um, I have 
some other cousin. I have a cousin in New Jersey who has children. Uh, one in Texas who has children. Uh, one in D.C. who has a child. And they're all my direct relations, and I hardly ever see them, which mm-hmm. means that my children don't have relationships with their children either. So there's that separation that I miss a lot too. Um, but I don't know if that's related to race you, or just family. <laughs> sure. Do you think you'll take your kids to India? I would love to. Um, we've we've talked about it a lot. My my daughter wants to go really bad, like I said, and then my son wants to go back. He did an amazing job when we were there. He ate everything. He loved it. He was he was obsessed with how many people he saw everywhere he looked. <laughs> Um, but I think he's also really enjoyed that he didn't have to be in a car seat. Oh <laughs> yes, no car seats in India. <laughs> no car seats, and so he was like, be able to stand on the floorboard of the car with his hands on the window and just look out the window. He loved that. But I mean, it, to him, it was just all a fun experience. There was yes. no weight to anything for him. It didn't have to mean anything. It was just mm-hmm. people and fun right. and another lap and another hug and another person to meet and yeah. another meal. So it was just that they they got they got to have a good experience with that. But mm-hmm. I'd like to take them both back again for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We should all go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's plan it. Why not? All right. <laughs> so um, I asked you to bring something. Yes. What'd you bring? Um, I brought this necklace. Um, so I have a long conversation in my head about the um, like current conversation about the co-opting of cultures. And I feel like that's something mm. that people talk about a lot. And I, there's, to me personally, there's a delineation and it's so subjective, but it's, for me, it's like, are you doing it in an honorable way where you are enjoying the other person's culture or are you doing it because you want to take it for yourself because you don't have culture of your own to ad- adhere to? So um, I... I, I was speaking before about having one foot in either culture or neither. And I found this necklace on Groupon of all places. Hmm. And it's, I think it's a fairly famous Indian designer, but anyway, the point is, is that it's very Indian jewelry, but it's um, a costume. It's costume jewelry. It's not super fancy. Um, but the style is specifically Indian. Um, and I loved that it was something that, to me landed in both cultures it was like they had the indian characteristics to it the colors the feel of it the the beauty of it like the weight of it the very large jewelry Mm -hmm. the very large pieces but it was something that was um accessible for anyone to order with a groupon account that was you know at a discount for five days only but i it was to me it sort of symbolized like a blending of the two things um, accessibility of something that a lot of people don't know a lot about, myself included. So, um, I I was thinking about what object to bring, and I realized that most of the objects I have are jewelry related. But hmm. I think that's what I I have held on to. Yeah, can I touch it? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I, I love that you talk about the blending and how um, you know, in your story, there is so much of not not a feelings of not belonging Mm. and how you found through your jewelry (laughs) um, to find a way to feel, you know, like you belong in in multiple spaces or in in multiple ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've learned more of that from my daughter actually than she's been teaching you. Yeah. She's been teaching me for sure. Her comfort level with um, all things, you know, um, Indian likes the way she dresses it and uh, mix and matches, you know, like she'll have, 
bangles with like you know regular and i and she's not the only one like other people do this sure. you know it's not like she's invented this or anything but having it in my direct line of sight right. you know yeah. like uh, from someone at a very young age she's doing it intrinsically like no one's told her to do this she's yeah. just with her gut and i mm. i just sort of watch and learn from her mm, that's beautiful mm. Do you feel jealous of her that it comes no, so naturally? No, not at all. No, not, not. I mean, she has a whole different experience. Um, she has none of the familial attachments to anything. Um, I, I dare. I, I don't want to use the word trauma lightly, but it was like it was really difficult for me for a lot of years. Like I, I struggled with it a lot emotionally. She doesn't have any of that. So for her, it's an adornment. It's just sure. You know, like she can pick and choose as she sees fit. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks up to like you know the family that is she does know and she like she likes to spend time with them so she mm-hmm. can have like that positive attachment to them as well i i think it's great that she has it. i have no jealousy towards it whatsoever i i i don't force it upon her but i love that she has it mm-hmm. so, both mm-hmm. of them so. mm-hmm. well manisha verdi uh do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share today uh no i don't think so thank you for doing this thank you for having me um this has been a great conversation i'm so glad it worked out awesome thanks mm-hmm.